it is Friday, September 25th. Feel good Friday. Big night last night for The Office. We all cashed in big time on the Fitz Magic. We'll talk about that. Plus the games this weekend. Plus a little fight talk with Ariel Helwani. I believe Kyle Van Noy stops by. I think Chris Long, Taylor Lewan, hell of a show. We can't thank you enough for joining us today and allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Our job is to set you up to have the greatest weekend you've ever had in your entire life. Let's get to it. Man who had a strip sack and hopped on the rock last night, getting his first victory as a member of the Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Van Noy. Hey, we, we got to do a song real quick. Okay. Oh, oh, Fitz Magic. Ooh, you, you know. know. You better believe it's not so. Fitz Magic. You know. Hey, what a night last. It was awesome, Kyle. It was awesome. Yes. Yes, it was good, man. It felt good to get a dub, but man, I I don't I can't give Fitz enough credit for what he's gone through uh with his family situation and to play the way he's been playing and leading our team. It's it's really truly remarkable. I have. I don't know what you're referring to there about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I, I don't want to press on that, but that, what is Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick? Because they saw a shot of him and Tua sitting next to each other, and he said something, and it looked like it was a dry, I mean, it looked like he delivered a dry line, and Tua just popped, like big-time laugh pop or whatever. Is he the perfect guy for this situation that's currently happening down there? Perfect, bro. He's like the best older brother older uncle Tua could ever have like he's he's such a good mentor not only to him but to everybody on the team on how to enjoy playing the game at the end of the day sometimes we get caught up in the business sometimes we get caught up in you know wanting to perform well and he just brings it back to a normal human state of just having fun I mean I, I I saw a lot of people taking a stash last night, and boy, oh boy, it's all about that beard game. <laughs> yeah, ninety yeah, percent of the money—this is not your world—but ninety percent of the money gambled as of yesterday morning was on the Jags minus three. Okay, I would like to let you know. Ooh. Yeah, I would like this office. By the way, was very much into Fitz Magic. It just felt like a night where your defense was going to come together. Because I think you would even admit maybe early the defense hasn't had it figured out with no offseason, a lot of new pieces down there. We thought the defense would be able to figure it out, and we just it felt like a Fitz Magical type of Thursday night. Yeah, I mean you you got your money's worth then. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's talk about uh, your, you coming into that defense though. What 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 has it been like with no OTAs, no off season? I would assume that does have a little bit of an effect whenever it comes to gelling and finding a new team in there. Yeah, I mean we it has taken time and we've been working at it day by day. Training camp, it's been hard, hot as shit down here. <laughs> we're all getting used to it and we're all experiencing something new as a team. We're, we're young and we're learning a lot. And I'm proud because you can see the guys working, they're working extra. They're learning how to be professionals the right way, do the things the right way. 
doing extra and it's starting to pay off and i think we just got to keep stacking it up now we got to ride this momentum ride this wave that we're creating and just keep it going uh we have a diehard dolphins fan in the office he's from north left part of canada so it doesn't make much sense but yeah. <laughs> he's a big fan doesn't make much sense but the his fan in your fan base i think he's been one that has been pretty loyal but it's been so much of up and down for so long what you and b flow and everybody the vision in what you're saying right there your fan base has to be pumped right now about the potential future in the next couple years yeah the 305 they're close man it's a football city uh you can feel it you can you know the fans are really into it you can just feel the vibe that's just getting creating we're creating here and you know we we want to win for the fans here because they have been die hard i mean it's been 20 years since they've won a playoff game and Ooh. we're trying to get we're trying to get in that spot How? we're trying how are you a fan of that team? He's <laughs> from the northwest part of Canada, a team that hasn't won the playoffs in 20 years. This guy is a diehard Dolphins fan. Gumpy, would you like to say hello to Kyle Van Noy and say, How we doing, pal? Big win last <laughs> night. Let's go. He's in the back corner. What's good, baby? I know when you were living in Canada, you just dreamed about playing being in warm weather huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty chilly, pretty chilly. My dad was a Larry Zonka fan, then Dan Marino, and now here we are. Okay, let's go. Now you got to be a Kyle Van Noy fan. Yeah! yeah. Let's go. Hey, big strip sack last night, and then you recovered the fumble. You just kind of rolled your big ass onto it. That had to feel pretty good when the ball just popped in. It's crazy. I wish they could play the audio because I was over there. Everybody was like, the ref was like, where's the ball? And I was like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get ugly in there? I, I've only been in one pile, and I was on the outside. Are those piles in there, those scrums, a bit disgusting? They are gross. Guys smell, bro. <laughs> Get them dirty linemen, the dirty O-line and D-line that don't put deodorant on and they don't brush their teeth. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, and I can't thank you enough for joining us, Kyle. I know you just got off a plane. Your old ass is probably taking care of your body. You got a long weekend here ahead of you. Uh, we have to ask you about how Tua has looked. Do you think the Tua that we all saw at Alabama <laughs> – before he got hurt, how has he looked in practice? Has Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick said, he said, Tua can do things that I can't do, is what he said. He said, Tua can do stuff that I can't do. He was complimentary of him and everything like that. How has Tua looked, and has he been a cool dude to be around? I love Tua, man. He's He's got a good vibe to him. He He's special, but it's Fitz magic still. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I will say this about Tua. What impresses me the most about him is his willingness to learn yeah anyone and everyone just to you know even have him pick my brain a little bit just talking to him it's been it bring it brings me such joy and i want him to be so successful and i'm so happy in the situation he's in i, I feel like he's in a good situation i'm happy for him okay good go celebrate the first dub as a dolphin enjoy your long ass weekend and get your Let's old go. ass oh you know what time it is yeah <laughs> Van Noy. Man, weekend. Stay blessed and good luck on your bets this week. I hope you good man. It. Hey, we're hot right now because of you. I want to let you know we are riding a heater into the weekend, Kyle. I appreciate you. Joining us now, the man who is the host of the Bussin' with the Boys podcast from the University of Michigan, Taylor Lewis. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, everybody. 
everybody. Happy to be here. <laughs> Taylor, great to see you, man. You you kind of do look like a version of me if I was much cooler and stronger now that I'm noticing. I, honestly, I think we have the same exact body type except for I'm walking on little toothpicks and you got them firm, sturdy legs. If there's an earthquake <laughs> in Indiana, I'm holding on to you. <laughs> a study has come out that those who have thick thighs and childbirthing hips, you will live longer. So I'm in a good spot there. But your upper body is one that I would love to have. I would never be able to. And I'm not tough enough to get all the tats that you have, which make you look much, much cooler than me. Well, it's, it's all a fake facade. And so far, it's working. As far as that study goes, I hope it's wrong. Because if that's the case, I'm dying tomorrow. <laughs> well, for numerous reasons, probably, Taylor. We don't have to dive into that right now. But uh, <laughs> the Vrabel... Face mask, the COVID-19 mask while he's getting on a, on the plane and says, please give the ball to Derrick Henry was something I was like, I love this. That Vrabel's like, this is what we want to do. You had a hat on that said, run the ball to the left. And we were talking in the second hour, I believe, of this show about how football will change eventually. Like right now it's becoming wide open, a lot of small, like, hey, let's be fast. Let's draw up a lot of plays. And you guys are like this old school football team. For offensive linemen, you have to fucking love everything about that, I'd assume. I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but honestly, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Coming out of nowhere, fourth-round draft uh, – sorry, traded for a fourth-round draft pick, just plucked him out of Miami, and the guy is throwing absolute dimes and making quotes like and one. It's a beautiful thing. As far as the run game go, get going, you know what? Vrabel, he's wearing the mask. He believes in it. We believe in it. I want to run left. It's uh, For an offensive lineman, I wouldn't want to play in any other offense. This is awesome. Now, the run game obviously is something that has helped Ryan Tannehill a lot. But when you've got a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield, and you know it doesn't matter, he'll probably pick up at least two yards every single time. But as an offensive lineman, you at least don't have to sit back and get teed off on. Is that is that a pretty accurate statement? Like the D lineman has to respect the fact that you could be coming to get them as opposed to every other offensive other than like four teams in the NFL where that tackle, hey, I'm sitting back and they just get to tee off on me yeah no doubt i mean I, with their coming downhill i i have been on the unfortunate side where i've been blocking somebody and there's been nobody and what happens he runs into my side there goes a rib adam and eve type thing i need to pull it off make a woman it's all <laughs> horribly but when you're the king baby when you run your shoes come in something like this wow. this is what derek had for his first game it's, I, don't even, I think i'm breaking the rules right now it literally came in a box like this, the king, baby. So we got to get him going a little bit. We definitely got to get him going. <laughs> the run game is something you guys have stayed committed to. First half, maybe it's not popping off as much, but then it's just kind of like you're wearing them down, and second half, here it comes. Is that a mindset that you guys are like, hey, even if it's not going in the first half, we'll be able to wear this team down the second half? Is that like a, a general offensive thought motto you guys have? Yeah, I think <clears throat> every single time we go into a game, most teams' goals is to stop Derek from, from running the ball and stop us from running the ball. And so when you start getting those twos and threes and sometimes fours, eventually you just keep going and keep working with it. I mean, Derek has proven time and time again that he gets better as the game goes on. So um, sticking on him eventually, hopefully, you know, we, we make it a, get a gap. Roger's been absolutely dominant in the run game, especially in the playoffs. So um, guys working hard for him, man, trying to get the king going. Ryan Tannehill, whenever he came over there, uh, Marcus Mariota was a starter, and then Ryan Tannehill gets in. And at Miami, I'll say it because we like piling on Adam Gase here. You don't have to. He did not look like an NFL quarterback. Then <laughs> last year, he looked unbelievable. What has he been like in the locker room? I assume he is incredibly pumped to be out of the Miami Dolphins organization and the Tennessee Titan at this point. Yeah, we haven't talked about him at the, the Miami Dolphins. I never really watched him play. I don't really – I mean – I never watch him. I usually just watch offensive linemen when I'm watching film. But when he came here, man, I just remember the first game, he was the starter. 
I walked into the training room and he's talking, talking to Arthur Smith, our OC. And he goes, I don't, I want to throw this. I don't want to throw that. He's very, he was very commanding, very, um, he knew what he wanted to do and didn't want to do. And obviously it's worked out for him. His leadership capabilities, I don't know how they were in Miami, but have been very, very good here. Your hair is incredible right now. Hey, wow. it takes a lot to look this average, man. My hair, <laughs> up top, except for this pubic hair down below, so I appreciate it. No, I mean it is. It was hanging in your face, almost like uh, Scott Hall. Yeah, like a razor. Yeah, a little razor remote. Who are you guys playing uh, in two days here? Oh, we're playing the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're pretty good. Well, the Colts played them this past week. I did hear about them. Um, the Minnesota Vikings. Who on the defense? Who do you? Who's your matchup? Uh, Yannick Ndokwe actually played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Good chop, swim, cat. Dude, very good. Hey, hey, the boys. Right Will? Look, at it. Look at that. There's Connor. Ah, Will. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> dude? Uh, John Robinson's going to yell at me for that one. He's going to. Why is Will in the media? Well, <laughs> I'm pumped. By the way, I was pumped that you guys signed Will back to the team, bring you guys back together down there in Nashville. I was pumped up about that. Dude, I was stoked about it. I got a little – he texted me during camp with a little eye emoji, like the eyes looking over a little bit. And I, I for some reason, was like, is this it, dude? Is this happening? Because we talked like a week before they brought him in for the tryout. And he's like, man, how sick would it be if I go to the Titans? I could play out one more year with the boys. Like, he loves it here. We have a great locker room. And he's – he played one year for the Titans, and you would have think he was here for 10 years. Like, when Will came back, everyone was so stoked to have him. You would think he'd be like a 10-time Pro Bowl, All-Pro guy, but <laughs> – Will Kimmon, dude, he's got the best personality in the world. He's awesome. Let's talk. I want to talk about Vrabel because it feels like Vrabel is a massive part of that. He feels like he's one of the boys, and he's his job is to make the hard decisions. I'd assume, but it feels like, and this might be from outside looking in, it feels like Vrabel has been a massive piece of building that culture and building up that locker room. And that's a real focal point for him whenever he got there. Yeah, no, Vrabel has definitely done a good job of instilling a nice little the, the characteristics, uh, the identity of what this team wants to be. Vrabel definitely preaches that and acts like it all the time. Um, you know, he still thinks he's one of the boys. He's still chirping the boys. Me and Will are in a group chat, just the three of us, me, Raves, and him. And, and um, it's usually him texting us, insulting us, and then him going back to whatever he's doing and not responding to what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much how our day goes, man. But uh, Rabel's definitely done a good thing. We just want to keep this thing going, man. Um, there's a new, a new thing. I've kind of said this a little bit, but when we win games – in the past, there seemed to be some sort of complacency, and then you get the brake speed off you a little bit. But this year, guys seem much more um, focused and, and you know want to go down the right direction. And so 2-0 is a great start. I think this is the first time since 2008, but definitely want to keep it going. Your tattoos are so awesome, man. You just hey, I tell you, it's a compliment. Is that a real chain? That thing looks unbelievable. Six bucks, dude. <laughs> Loves is it. it really? Yeah, yeah. Six bucks. Got it from a bum in Los Angeles before <laughs> quarantine. I, there's no reason to wear anything that's like no real gold. People see me, they're like, oh, this guy's in the NFL. Everything he wears is expensive. Bingo. Target. Chad Johnson kind of ruined our entire thing. I used to go to Claire's and get those earrings and everything. They were like four bucks. Or it was like, oh, you made the NFL spend that big money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, 10 racks, 10 racks, <laughs> 10 racks out there. What do you got, Connor? Uh, Taylor, you guys added to Davion Clowney. How has he gelled with the team? And also, when you signed him, did you think to yourself, like, son of a bitch, I got to block this guy in practice every day or no what? Question. Absolutely. I thought that was actually one of the first things I thought of. But <laughs> I'd rather go against him during the week and not on Sunday. Guys, he 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 came in here from the get-go, was one of the boys. Uh, him and Vrabel obviously together in Houston for a little bit, so they had a 
their own type of relationship. Vrabel likes to do this thing where he just says people's names in the middle of his team meetings, and JD happens to come up probably every 15th word. So they have a very good relationship. But, I mean, he walked in here and he was definitely – Are you a little jealous? Hey, it seems like you're a little jealous. JD would be able to text him he would answer back. It sounds like there's potentially a little bit of drama there with the boys. I tell you what, um, no, because I feel he's just – Vrabel's on me probably more than anybody. Every single week, it's something. So, I mean, he's definitely on the boy. If It's, it's not a lack of attention, for sure. But I definitely get a lot of attention from Braver. Um I've always said, and it sounds like you are alluding to this a lot with the boys, and your podcast with Will is awesome, by the way. I mean, to be fair, maybe one of the greatest clips in the history of head football NFL coaches on a podcast came from Bussin' with the Boys, where Vrabel said he would cut off his penis to win another Super Bowl. And that you guys got credit everywhere, as you should have. It's awesome like that. But I've always said that you can measure, obviously, somebody's 40-time in their bench press, but nobody talks about in the media world enough, at least, that if the team likes each other, God, they are going to be so much better than a team that is not like that at all. Like, I think that is the biggest X factor that an NFL team can have, is whether or not they get along with each other. And it feels like your locker room is one that guys love each other. You said JD just dropped, dropped right in and started getting along with everybody. Dropped in, dude, like the little crane in Toy, in toy Story. It, I tell you what, dude, he... Um... <laughs> All right, like I've I've been in this locker room for this is my seventh year. Lucky to be in the, the in one locker room my whole career. But I've been two and fourteen. I've been three and thirteen, and I didn't like those guys very much. They didn't like me, you know. At the end, when you're in November, December, and you're losing a lot of games, nobody likes each other. So it's it's this team, the way these guys act, the way we work together every single day. There's definitely a camaraderie. There definitely is um, us liking each other. We you can feel that chemistry. And I think you're right. I think that definitely helps when you're playing for the guy next to you. As cliche and as cheesy as remember the Titans quote that was. Oh, remember the Titans, Hell by yeah. the way. No, yeah. with the, the cheesy, hey, you play for the guy next to you. I just feel like that's a cheesy line that might have been in that movie. Well, I, they, honestly, this might be a hot take. That's a bit of an overrated movie in my opinion. Whoa! Oh, I said it. I said the most You play for the Titans! <laughs> from a Titan. Wow! Was it because Strong's high? Yeah. <laughs> Left side. Strong side. Left side. Hey, you can throw the ball a mile, but you can't pitch it five yards. That kind of whole thing. I don't know. It just it wasn't for me. On I these fields, they were fighting the same battles that we're fighting. Wow, Taylor. That- I liked it when the movie first came out. Awesome. Then all of a sudden, it was played over and over and over again. It was too much. It was like the Marshawn Lynch clip over and over and over and over and over and over again. You're doing a disservice to Gary Bertier. You want an inspirational sports movie that'll give you goosebumps every single time? Yeah. Netflix Goon. It's the most inspirational. It is a great. It's a good movie. Talk about Doug the Thug Glatt. Bro, listen. Okay, I'm from Pittsburgh. All right, I'm from a hockey town. I I know the movie Goon, but you just shitting on Gary (laughs) Bertier and the Remember the Titans franchise is something I did not expect out of today's conversation, especially from a fucking Titan. Herman Boone. We're going to move past this because I'm worried about your legacy at this point, to be honest with you. Your calves look great. Thank you. I I shaved them for the uh, for the wrestling thing that I did, and they they, they still, look phenomenal. Thank you. I've been working on them a little bit. I appreciate. God bless. <laughs> Do you have a calf tat? Do you have a calf tat and a shin tat? Do I? I don't know if I can even watch out for these. These dogs don't sleep on them now. Oh, you do have Ooh. tiny little ass legs. How Jeez. does? Dude, I'll tell you what. They're fast though, dude. <laughs> 
They are quick. You look at me and be like, this guy's unproportional. Probably not much between the legs. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's on you, man. It's a lot. <laughs> between the legs, though, who knows? You know, it, it, no, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's nothing to call home about. The key to happiness in life is low expectations. Hey, respect it. Go ahead. Taylor, you're talking about uh, Vrabel and trying to get JD in the locker room. Uh, Clowney, what text, like, it came out in the media that you guys were sending him text to get to the Titans. Is that true? And what were you sending him? Yeah, first off, I love your hat. Um, second hey, off, it's oh, from, oh. hey, it's from Hatworks where you also shop. I got it because I, I, of you. you. Know, we talked a couple years ago when yeah. I was in the Pro Bowl and we had a conversation about this, so I definitely remember that. But You, uh, yes, you, you changed this guy's changed life. My life. Taylor, you, you all by yourself, he has five hats on the wall over here that all look the exact same. They, and it's really? All, it's all because of you. Yeah, legit. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. No, with, uh, with JD, calling JD and stuff like that, Ben Jones is good friends with him. J. Joe, obviously, was friends with him as well. But uh, Ben FaceTimed him, and he answered. I took the phone, and I told him, you know, remember the Outback Bowl? Remember that fumble recovery you had? We could do that together on the same team now. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, yeah. I am equally as famous for him. Not, probably not even close to equally, but that, that play definitely – uh, I was in. I was in during that play, and so it's nice to have him on the same team now. Oh, that was when he. Were you the? You weren't the one. He just blew up on what? what? I hate. To, I would hate to point out who it was, but it was a completely the Titans' fault. It wasn't my fault. Shelling dudes out over here, Pat. You got to watch out if you're gonna be my friend, buddy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are. A- watch out. I will drive the bus right over you. <laughs> a lot of finger pointing in the Taylor Lewan camp. <laughs> All four pointing at everybody. Yeah. All four, because you know when you're pointing one finger, there's three pointing back. Not in Taylor Lewan's oh, world. Ah, oh, Jesus. No uh, Fast Friday, how'd it go? You guys feel good going into the weekend? Yeah, it was good. I felt limber today. I felt like I was moving a little bit. Things were good. I like to get a little loud. I like to get a little conditioning on Friday. We do a little red zone. I like to sprint all the way to the goal line and come back. Gordy go hard type of cat. So um, <laughs> it's definitely it's my go-to. So, yeah, Friday's always a good day, man. You feel good. You feel lubed up, you know? And so uh, it's just a solid day overall. What are you guys doing? Are you are you guys in Indiana? Yeah, we're in Indianapolis. To be honest, Friday big mail at Indy. So the more you want to talk, will be better for us. <laughs> be better for us. <laughs> Would you guys ever move out of Indianapolis? Was that or is this like home base forever now? You've made your ground. You, you've you've been a part of the Colts regime for a long time. Well, it's a great question. Are you still part of the Colts? Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I get asked to do some things every once in a while, but it's a very new regime and everything. I don't really know everybody. Ursay gave me a jet last year, so I'm very thankful for that. But there's yeah. been a lot of companies that have tried to get me to move out of here. We just have such a good setup here and a good network here. Unless something awesome came down the pipe, I think this is probably it, yeah. Here, here's my issue with Indiana. I think the city's actually pretty cool. The, well, right I've now there's bum shitting all over the yeah, place because yeah, the mayor actually. is doing nothing. Right. But you're, you said, what, you, what, you said, what you say? Well, there's just bum shitting all over the place <laughs> in Indianapolis <laughs> now. But I think normally, though, Indianapolis, very clean, good city, like wholesome place, right? That is like a – I've heard about that in San Francisco, people just shitting on the sidewalk and stuff uh, like that. I've never never seen another human being shit uh, actually anywhere ever in my entire life. I've never actually watched someone shit besides my, my kids. But yeah. go to New York. Dad, Dad of the year. Dad of the year. Dad of the year. But Indianapolis. Why would you want to be homeless in Indianapolis? Like go go to like California somewhere warm. We've it's, been it's saying hot. that a lot around yeah. here. Yeah. But the mayor actually put a bunch of porta potties around downtown Indianapolis because of the human pooping problem that it actually was having here for a little bit. I feel like that's a, at least a step. I don't know if it's in the right direction, but it's a step. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. To be honest, I'm not so sure because those things fill up. By the way. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. then what happens after that? The homeless person does not care whether he's sitting on plastic or on grass. It does not matter yeah. there. You know what I mean? But yeah, Indianapolis good city don't you think you've been here a few times now 
yeah, it's good. There's a lot of steakhouses, which makes me feel like you guys are you guys are hiding something. Like there's got you guys are doing something behind the scenes that I don't know about, like a St. Elmo's, and then there's Harry and Izzy's, and you get the the shrimp cocktail that just blows your blows your sinuses out because it's all the horseradish. Are you a guy that do you go out the night before games at places? Do you go eat something? Not anymore. Not in COVID, baby. You can't do nothing now. I, I have a mask on for five minutes. It's a new it's a new personal record for me in the last three months. Hey, they've been coming after the coaches for the the mask thing. It seems like that's going to be a very tall task to get coaches to keep those masks on for entire games. And, and but here's like let's just since it's Friday and we're just killing time at this point. Let's just why would a coach wear a mask during a game with the players that. Like, why is it such a big deal if he's not wearing the yes. mask and the guys are wearing the whole mask? Like, we're we're together every single day. We've like, been asking, we've been asking the same questions, and they're going through the same protocols as you guys are, I'd assume, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I've never seen Vrabel get the nose thing, but I'm, he's in here every day. I would think so. <laughs> well, and how about the refs? I think the refs are going through the same protocols, and they all have masks on until they have to talk to each other. Then, as soon as they have to talk to each other, when they're closest and they're in their little huddles trying to figure out whether or not to fuck up the game or keep it going, and they take the thing off and they just breathe on each other, and then they put the mask on and go back away whenever they're nowhere near anybody. It none of it really makes a lot of sense to me, Taylor. It not- does it? It really. I mean. If you're going to put the mask on, just put the mask on, and it's fine. And the mask is here, and then we're good. But as soon as I do this, I've now defeated the purpose of the mask, just to tell you, hey, that was a holding on so-and-so. Yeah. But I don't even want to go down the the whole page of of shitting on the refs right now because your boy hasn't had two penalties in two games. Hey! That is a clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Last year. Thank you very much. Make sure you clap harder. Hey, last year, um, at the beginning of the season, I do believe – uh, you had to come out and say, I understand I'm getting penalties. I'm not happy about it either. Get off my ass, basically. And yes. this year, completely. Is there anything different to your game, or you think it is potentially just ref noticing or not noticing? No, I'm way more conscious of it. Like, I'm definitely like, if something happens, guy goes away, I'm not trying to give him a tug or anything like that. Um, I like to just comment on that, on the. Um, me just going off on myself it's a genius move if you really think about it like yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like bunny it's like rabbit in eight mile yeah like i'm in i just i just insulted myself so much what are you going to say back to me yeah and i've won the rap battle yeah i'm from the, you know, i'm from a trailer park that. he did fuck my girl i uh i did choke and spit all over myself a couple times <laughs> uh best friend mom's spaghetti was so bad i puked it up the whole thing yeah like i think that's a good move by you and by the way uh, in in the face of a pr crisis by the way people should just dive right into it and own it and keep it moving that's exactly what you did and i think that's why people like you by the way taylor because you're a very relatable human who just so happens to have tiny legs but an incredibly athletic upper body that helps the tennessee titans much like remember the titans yeah. dominating the run game which is all that matters yeah Definitely. <laughs> Bro, it's a good movie, dude. So good. I, that I, movie, hey, that movie's it's I, it's it's an okay. It's a good movie. It's just so overdone. It's too much. I'm, I I have to double down. I'm gonna double down. I don't think that's that great of a movie. All right, all right. Uh, you want to take hockey a phone call? Let's take a phone Snapshot, call. Mystery Alaska. Yeah. The, uh, hockey movies get it get it for me than anything else. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. Michigan guy. Yeah. Uh, let's take a phone call. Do you mind if we yeah. take a phone call? Go ahead. Because literally, we're just killing time. What do you have this afternoon? Anything? Uh, I got a little dry needling appointment at 2 o'clock. We got all the time in the world. I can be late. Dry needling appointment? Needles all over everywhere. These little legs, man. It's like a little WD-40 in there. Got to make sure the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So what do you do? You lay down. They just That's oh, yeah. the one where they just start. They just put all these. They little, put it all. They put it everywhere. I don't no, know if I can. They just put it. I mean, that's a little inappropriate. But they, they put it everywhere. <laughs> you put it all over your legs and my arms. 
we got to loosen up the trigger points. Do you get, get ready to play Yannick and Dockway? He's got a great move. Yeah, he plays he, harder. and he's going to kick your ass potentially if you don't get that done. Do, do you get a lot of injections? We have a lot of people come on the show. R- Ninkovich was talking about how many injections he got. Chris Long was talking about how many injections he's gotten because his Tyrod Taylor story has kind of taken over where people are like, uh, A, how did they get to Long? And then B, everybody was like, I don't think everybody knew that every single game there's people taking injections to do things. You're doing a dry needling appointment here in about 37 minutes. Do you do injections or are you mostly like holistic old school that I'll type do, of I'll, I'll do holistics i'll do uh i mean I, I definitely try to stay holistic as much as possible but i'll do like ivs during the week and stuff like that stay hydrated big nad guy i don't know if you've heard about that um big joe rogan guy as well he's been talking about that a little bit lately big nad guy as far as the tyrod taylor thing what's nid is that a dmt but for your body <laughs> no that'd be sick if it was <laughs> um, nad nad it's like i don't there's it's three big words i wish i had somebody on there but it help it basically helps regenerate your cellular level and it can help with like um soreness conditioning all those types of things but basically helps shorten your tell or lengthen your telemeters or at least slow down the process of shortening your telemeters i don't feel like getting into it right now pat this isn't a science show it's for the kids by the way it would pass a lot of time though if you did try to dive into it let's get to the phones here let's go to nick in iowa nick what's up dude uh nick got no service in iowa let's go to michael in dallas what's going on is that your brother the hell i don't know that's tough. Fix the service. Well, could be. Michael, what's going on, bub? Not much. What about you? Uh, just hanging out. You have a question for a man who's about to get a dry needling operation here, uh, Taylor Lewan, Michael. Ooh. Um, sure. So <laughs> every year, preseason, power rankings come out. Philadelphia Eagles, always top 10, sometimes even top 5. And every single year, past three years, they stink. Carson Wentz can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. <laughs> they have no receivers. The best for receiver is probably Dallas Goddard. So I want to Taylor, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, your thoughts. How about Let this? me tell you about the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFC, baby. <laughs> they, they're talented across the board. I don't know. Their offensive line's really good. Lane Johnson's great right tackle. Jason Peters has literally been here since the inaugural season of the NFL. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's Carson Wentz throws absolute dimes. Oh. I don't know. Well, actually, but I think stats are saying that he's from not. Dallas, it said, right? He said they're from Dallas? Yeah. It was Matt from Dallas. He probably is a, he probably a Cowboy fan. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think the Eagles won it like three years ago, didn't they? Four years ago? Yeah, but boy, those seem like long, long, long ago days. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. One year, you're the shit, like you're the top dog. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're, you're fucking nothing after that. Like the world is over. Fire like, everybody. Fire everybody. Fire everyone. Like Super Bowl teams are cleaning house two years later. It's wild. It is. And it's, it's you know what's crazy sad is like one day I'm gonna be sitting in my locker and someone's gonna say, "Hey, Taylor, uh, the, the GM wants to see you. You should bring your playbook." And I'm gonna be like, "This is it. This is that moment where they're cleaning house." Yeah. In my fifteenth year with the Titans. Oh, it's gonna so be a lot. It's gonna saying, be sad, wow. but it is what it is. Oh, you just said you just kind of said like eight more years of dominance here, and then, <laughs> then they'll give me the. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, I'm sure if I'm getting cut at 15, there was a couple of years I was, I was stealing at some point. But I'll tell you what, I, I feel good. These little legs are moving. Is this the best you felt? How about this? Because this has been a topic of conversation because we're a daily show. And you have to overreact when you're a Daily Show to everything. And the world is falling for every team. At what point do you guys think you're still figuring out your team this year? Because this team is obviously different than last year's team. In last yeah. year's team, you guys got hot there at the end. You figured out what you were. Is this year's team still trying to figure it out, you think, for what you guys actually 100%. are? I think if, if um, like, like I said, we're 2-0 for the first time since 2008. 
But at the same time, like you walk in this locker room and there's so much room for improvement. Our defense is, I walk by the DBs going to my locker every day and they're talking about ways they can improve our offensive line. I mean, from a protection standpoint and from a run, like even from yards, uh, from scrimmage standpoint, we've been better statistically, but there's still so many glaring things to us that we could fix. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sold just yet on us. We got We got a lot more work to do before we can prove that we're it. Well, okay. Hold on. Is that Vrabel? Hey, I'm on a, I'm on the Pat McAfee show. Who is that? Anybody cool? It's Jeb. He, he actually, do you have Corona? The Titans. <laughs> The Titans were in the uh, YouTube chat, by the way. <laughs> they still are. They want to call in. Hey, the Titans just asked you a question. Oh, what'd they say? Said something about October. What'd they say? They said less poop, more uh, more football. No, no. <laughs> something no about October. Spooftober? Spooftober. Don't disrespect it, Pat. What is it? Well, I mean, if you really sat down and thought about it, you could probably figure it out. But October is a, it's it's everything because it's one Halloween's my favorite holiday. It's, yes. The, the weather is breaking. The leaves are turning. There's a briskness in the air. Oh, football. You're putting a jacket on in the morning, but then realizing it's still too hot, so you got to take it off. Yeah. But it's just you, you it's kicking off the holiday season. Yeah. By the time October 31st gets there, you're halfway through the season. Oh. You're on the downward spiral. No, you're hitting no. the Thanksgiving after that. You're oh. going to Christmas. Yeah. The New Year's there. Yeah. It's a big fucking time, baby. Yeah. 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 It's one. It's It's... <laughs> You got to watch scary movies Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, not really. Uh, all yeah. of Halloween, obviously. Yeah. There's everywhere. Remember the Titans too, because it's middle of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Left side, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Pro Bowler, <laughs> legend, host of Busting with the Boys podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor the Wad. Yeah. Yeah. You're the best, Taylor. Thank you, man. Oh, so sorry to interrupt. I just want to let you know that now is the time to spoil the shit out of your dog with BarkBox. Two toys, two treats, and a chew. It starts as low as $22 a month for $60 worth of dog chews and toys that arrive at your house a Christmas every month for your canines. It's the best day of the month for our dogs. Uh, they absolutely love when the bark box arrives. They actually know that it's coming. I have no idea how dogs are that smart. You take it back to Pavlov's dogs. They hear the bell, they get a treat, keep it moving. They hear a bell, they get a treat, keep it moving. Then once they started hearing the bell, they all started salivating and knowing that the treat was coming because dogs are smarter than we are. Yep. Now with the bark box, my dogs know when the bark box is supposed to arrive and they're sitting there salivating, excited to the heavens about what is about to come in there. $60 worth of stuff. We're only paying 22 bucks for it. I'm a hero to my dogs and that's what it's all about. Right now, if you join, you get a free toy in every single box for the rest of the year. That's $60 worth of toys for free. And you sign up your pup and get unique toys and snacks plus a free extra toy every single month. That's beautiful. Tailored toys and treats shipped every month. Start now and get $60 in free toys for the rest of the year. Plus, save money every single month with the amount of shit that you're getting for only $22 a month. Unique toys, USA-made treats, free monthly delivery, and $60 in free extra toys. Are you kidding me? Go to BarkBox.com forward slash Pat. That's B-A-R-K-B-O-X.com forward slash pat let's get to the show i do believe we are joined currently by a man who hosts an incredible podcast uh the green light pod he was also very very good at the football two-time super bowl champion legendary human being once a walter payton man of the year ladies and gentlemen chris law yeah! 
Dude, anybody, anybody that's having a bad week should just come on your show, huh? That intro is just fucking spectacular. <laughs> I want to let you know, I kind of mailed it in, to be honest, because I didn't want to take up too much more of your time. I normally could go uh, above and beyond. Yeah. That'll have to happen next time. Thank you for joining us, brother. How is life post-football? It seems like you're absolutely slaughtering it. Dude, I'm not slaughtering it like you, but I'm I'm having Ooh. fun with it. I'm enjoying it. You know, you've got quite the crew there. I, you missed the camaraderie in the locker room, but that what you got going here is way bigger than a than a kicking room. Like you had two <laughs> close friends in a football locker room where you guys just played ping pong all day Still and then went out for special teams. You guys are basically having even more fun than you had playing. So uh, I'm not having as much fun as you are. Way, by the way, way more. <laughs> I mean, it is way, and we're still playing the ping pong. It's just a larger group of humans, and yeah. it is the same type of thing. But yeah. Green Light Pod, I, I've listened to a few full episodes, but I catch every single clip that you put out, and I thank them for it. I thank you for it. You, the I way you, I, I think a lot of ex-players can go two different directions. You can either completely forget how hard it was to be in the NFL and then go become a pundit and just bury NFL players, or you can try to, like, uh, explain things from a player's perspective where humans will understand it. I'm thankful that you took that path as opposed to just burying people all the time. Well, you know, like you went this route and you do some TV stuff. You know how hard TV can be. I mean, you have a great personality and you're charismatic, so that sells itself. But for a lot of guys, they have to contrive this persona. And for me, I just never wanted to do that. I'm not a big one-liner guy. I'm not a big short kind of soundbite guy. I like nuance. And I also try to imagine that, like, and you were a player, you know this, this, this deal. Um, I try to imagine the player I'm talking about is in the room with me. Yeah. Would I say that to him or about him if, if uh, he were standing in the room with me? Most times I would because I, I generally don't, don't give a fuck. But, like, <laughs> but I also want to be fair. I, yeah. you know, I, I want to be fair to that player. I've been that player. And there's some things I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the meeting room. I can't, I can't completely just burn a guy down because I don't know whose gap it was or who ran, ran the wrong route. And, you know, this stuff comes up every Sunday. Do you think uh, that there are some teams that are being unfair or players that are being unfairly criticized? We're only two weeks into this thing going into week three. For instance, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Two weeks ago, uh, Tom Brady was dead. Okay, Buccaneers oh, yeah. dead. This past week, it was Drew Brees. I, Gardner Minshew, they're already talking about him being uh, jumping, jumping the shark because of Ryan Fitzpatrick game last night. At what point do you think we can accurately judge the way a team's going to be or a player's going to be whenever it gets in through a season? Well, I think there's no better time than right now to overreact to everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what we and do. Just, that's what we do. <laughs> well, let's – shit, let's not talk about the Eagles then. Um, <laughs> I um, – man, I, I think it's tough. you got to go into the season with the context of knowing, like, what the deal is with the, with each player and each team. It's like the Bucks, for instance. If you ride this wave with them, week one they lose to a Super Bowl-ready team with a bunch of continuity. We knew that, you know, the Bucks would have to kind of work with a whole new – um, chemistry, so to speak, uh, and you see that Bruce was kind of getting after Tom in the media and that oh, sort yeah. of thing, and they're going to have to keep on evolving offensively as the year goes on. Uh, people overreacted to that one, but then they're back on track because of the Carolina win. But the Carolina win, you just beat the, the Panthers, so I don't think we're going to see a finished product in Tampa you know, till week eight, and some of these teams have the leeway, and if you're, you're the Bucks, for instance, you're watching Monday night and thinking, and if you're Atlanta for that matter, who Dan Quinn's fired at this point, <laughs> let everybody tell it, and he may be. But if you're in the NFC South, that wave of emotion from week one where the Saints are back in the Super Bowl to week two where Drew, Drew's arm is now a noodle uh, is huge. You just got to ride that wave as a team. 
Okay, so let's talk about your career. You were with the Rams, obviously, whenever they weren't having as much success as they have had in recent history. And no, you, they were not. No. <laughs> By the way, I felt bad for you. A lot of, a lot of us felt yeah, bad for you sucks. watching you over there. Yeah, because I knew mm. you, hey, you were giving your best effort out Giving my all, and that's all they want in the Midwest. You know that. As long as you give your all, they love you, and, and I do appreciate St. Louis. And you were, by the way. And St. Louis was awesome, but the team there uh, stunk for a bit. Then they go to L.A., they get good. But by that time, you're already gone. You go to the Patriots. What was the biggest life lesson or football lesson you learned from the Bill Belichick Patriot way of things? Now, granted, your dad, you're in a legacy family of great football. But whenever you saw how the Rams operated at that time, I'm not saying now, but at that time, versus how you saw the Patriots operate, what was your biggest like, oh, I did not expect this to be that different? Well, I think the biggest thing I noticed in New England was how great the teammates are. Like, it is a great locker room. And you know some of these guys, Pat, but like Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, Rob Ninkovich, who I'm still real tight with. I still talk to all these guys. Matt Slater. That was one of the best locker rooms I'd ever been in. And guys had plenty of fun in the locker room. But when you take the field, you know, it was all business. And what I loved about Bill was he could walk around to any position group and coach it better than the position coach. Maybe (laughs) save for Scar who they're missing right now offensively on the O-line. Another thing that I love about Bill is he got everybody in the big room on Monday. And you know this, like most coaches break things up, position groups, offense, defense on Monday. There's nothing that makes you pucker that asshole more (laughs) than Bill Belichick standing up there in front of the whole team and the whole staff and criticizing you with the pointer on Monday morning. You don't break down into different position uh, groups to do that. You do it in the big room. And I think that's big because it raises the accountability factor. Tom could get it. Jules could get it. Dante could get it. Like anybody could get it. And then when I went to Philly, I kind of became that. I got a little bit of that old man yelling at the cloud, you know, in me coming out of New England. It like rubbed off on me a little bit. And sometimes I'd be like, guys, are we having too much fucking fun right now? (laughs) Do you realize we play this weekend? I catch myself and be like, damn, one year in New England. And I just really, I really picked that up. With the Philadelphia Eagles team meeting, interesting you say that. I think it was the day before the NFC yeah, Championship yeah. game. It was uh, Meek Mill, uh, Dreams and Nightmares, uh, was playing in the team meeting room. And when mm-hmm. it hit, oh, you th- I thought I was finished? The whole place was going crazy. I think even like old white coaches were like standing yeah, going crazy. Like, oh, yeah, and I, I literally tweeted out as soon as that video hit the internet, and I was like, Eagles tomorrow by a thousand. Like, not it, when a team has that type of energy and that yeah. type of like freedom it almost felt like that eagles team had freedom like everybody expect the underdog thing that they had everybody yeah. was kind of counting you guys out every single week that had to be the most fun you had because everybody thought you guys were going to suck every week and it was just playoff is like okay bonus money bonus games plus yeah. everybody thinks we're going to lose that had to be an incredibly fun run it was fun man i've had fun in different ways every place i've been you know i definitely want to shout out that d-line i was on in in st louis we didn't win a lot but that was the best unit i've ever been on and we had more fun than any time i've ever played football we didn't win a lot but as a team in philly it was we were playing with house money man you know like we start the year and we're picked to be a bottom you know five seven team and then as the year goes on and anybody that's been on an nfl team that that kind of wasn't expected to be good and then you know assume that role you learn about yourself at different junctures in the season and you kind of convince each other like damn we are pretty good huh and i can remember all those moments like whether they were blowing teams out middle of the year or you know almost beating kansas city in the opener we had no idea how good we were but we took them you know to the final whistle at arrowhead 
um, to going on the road in L.A. in a big game for home field advantage and outdueling the Rams and losing Carson Wentz to thinking, okay, maybe it's over. Then to going and winning those games with Nick and seeing Nick mature. And the thing people forget about Nick is Nick wasn't spectacular off the bat. So, you know, there was the Atlanta playoff game, which was like a 15-10 game in the wind. There was the Oakland game at home where we scored like 15 points as well. And then we just picked it up and we rolled with it. That NFC Championship game you talked about, when they play Dreams and Nightmares in, uh, in pregame, uh, you know, I've, I kind of famously said this in Philly circles, like anybody could have gotten it that night. I don't <laughs> think there was a team out there that we wouldn't have whooped. And it happened to be the Vikings. It was awesome because normally you'll have like a couple different position groups vibing or whatever, you know, like there's a couple different things. When I saw that team meeting and I literally, I think I saw an old fat white man <laughs> bobbing his head and jumping. I was like, oh my. This- that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling at a cloud. Turn this yeah. down. Turn this shit down. I was in New England. Yeah, what do you got? Hey, uh, Chris, uh, you were obviously a superstar when you played and your brother Kyle was also a star, but he played on the offensive line. So my question yeah. for you is both of you in your prime third and eight Whoa. you against your brother Whoa. are you going to get the quarterback or is he stopping you well i like my chances if he's at tackle i don't like it so much if he's a guard and i got to <laughs> reduce down and and uh, rush him it was funny we played a couple times the only times we really touched each other um was one time he fell on top of me and he laid there and he told me he loved me which was <laughs> <laughs> and then the other time was he was beating the shit out of one of my best friends in a fight on the field and he really should have got ejected he had william hayes on the ground like a rag doll and i go to pull him out of there and i run off the sideline probably i should have been ejected by the letter of the law and i pulled him but he's such a a mammoth human being that the jersey ripped he didn't move the jersey just literally ripped off him uh and then the other one was you know we were doing joint practice in new england which was bizarre with the bears I come down inside and I cross his face on a stunt and I beat his young, inexperienced ass. Oh, and, yeah. and he spins around because in his little brother brain, he's like, I can't let my brother beat me. I don't care how many Pro Bowls I have. I'm, you know, he whips his giant arm around and basically pickaxes me in the ribs and I break a rib. <laughs> he broke my ribs in practice. He broke a rib in practice. Of course, Bill didn't care. I mean, I, we, I never got any time off for that. So that was that was hey, me and my brother playing each other. Did you get a Mark Hayton shot in that thing ever? No, but it was funny. Uh, the Ty, We're talking about the Tyrod thing? Yeah, yeah. What did you think about that, Pat? Did you think it was... I? She, my attitude was kind of like, doctors do way worse than this nfl fans like if you want to talk about fucking over a player it ain't a shot it's you know tyrod wanted that pain to go away just as much as the doctor did they know what they're trying to do in that moment i didn't think it was that big of a deal i mean like shit happens i mean it sucks i'm glad tyrod's okay um but i've been shot up a bunch probably 30 times in my career and i always knew that they could miss that's so my first reaction was because i never got a shot in my ribs right i've gotten toward all shots every single thing and then my knees got surgery so i've got all that but i never did a rib shot the first with the way i read it i was like oh damn this seems bad yeah. then i reach out to a couple of guys who've gotten the same exact thing and they're like hey that is 
a possibility every single time a very very low possibility very yeah. very low you have to really fuck it up but that is a possibility every single time and that was kind of like okay and then i started thinking back to the amount of shots that are given out on a weekly basis and i was like i think outside the nfl this is going to hit a lot harder than anybody that's actually been in the nfl and i think you just reiterated that exact point yeah and i think you know it's funny people were like and it, it's illuminating you know what um Anthony Lynn was talking about early in the week when people were like, how is this Tyrod's job? So he's so adamant about it. Well, he's not going to take a guy's job when he's in the hospital because of his own doctor's malpractice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that would be a bad look. Now, the, the funny thing is going to be, it just so happens, and I thought they were saving Justin for week six because you, you look at their schedule, I thought maybe they had that in mind. It softens up. They're playing Carolina this weekend, and that's about the best matchup you could have for a young quarterback. It's going to get interesting if Anthony has to consider going back on that. But another thing is, you talk about a guy should never lose his job to, to doctor malpractice. Guys lose their jobs to doctor malpractice 50 times a year. I mean, doctors lie. Doctors bullshit you on a rehab plan. This wasn't even the this is the tip of the iceberg. Have you experienced that? I personally, with the doctors that I have encountered, I've heard these stories, though, that you're talking about from different places and different stories from, like, OGs that have been around. Has that personally happened to you, or are you just same thing as me, like you've heard people that it has actually happened to? Well, listen, I'm lucky. You know, you talk about my pops. You know, he's paranoid. Oh, yeah, he yeah. had 13 operations. He played in the 80s. Like, so he always drilled into my head, stick up for yourself, because nobody cares about you but you when it comes to your body. And so I was always protective. I always got the second opinions. I had great doctors and trainers, but even they missed stuff. I mean, listen, I had a high ankle sprain one time and shot it up the whole year. I'd never had an ankle sprain really in my life. I'm not much of a hooper. I thought it was a low one, so I didn't want to complain about it, but I couldn't walk for three weeks. And eventually the docs were like, oh, shit, we misdiagnosed that. That's a relatively severe high ankle sprain, so we're sorry. And then there was another one where that kind of pisses me off now. Sure. I got IR two years in a row in St. Louis. Uh, I was talking about this earlier in the week. The first year I had the Von Miller injury, but I hadn't heard of anybody that had the Von Miller injury. They, they got me out there and you know how this is. It's like, well, what can you do? Can you play? And that's an NFL coach speak. That's a doctor speak. And I rushed back in like nine weeks and I was so dog shit. <laughs> it was, I mean, I was going to get cut the next year, no matter what, after the tape I put out. And I did that because I thought I was being soft. They play that game with you where you don't want to let your teammates down, this, that, and the third. I read the Von Miller thing last week. He should be out at least three months. I'm saying to myself, man, I wish this was around when I played. Um, you know, every player deals with something like that. And that's just part of being in the NFL. Hey, I'm laughing at it, but it is so uh, like absurd to think about because that is real. Yeah. Because, guys, and I've given NFL doctors a little bit of credit because in the real world, when people go to the doctor, they're telling the doctor exactly what's wrong with them. Okay? Yes. I have this. I have this. So when the doctor has to Google whatever the diagnosis is, it, it'll hit a lot higher. In the NFL, guys do not want to miss anything. Okay? Guy, no. Because they know if you miss, there's a chance you're going to get Wally pipped. There's a chance you're going to get uh, lose your job forever. You might not make as much money. You know how long your time is. So it's an interesting fine balance. And the, the shit that you guys, and I say you guys because I do believe from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint that kicking and punting is a much different sport than the rest of Well, Pat, I never made a tackle like that tackle you made. <laughs> it was a clothesline, dude. There was zero form on that thing. Could you imagine if you tried to do that to a quarterback? You just turned the edge, you ran, yeah. and you just punched a guy in the I arm. I kind of did it to Drew Brees in 2011. I don't know. 
how that didn't get flagged. I clotheslined him. <laughs> I mean, and he, he was three feet off the ground. There's no way that that's legal at this point, at uh, this juncture. Hey, before we let you go, and I can't thank you enough for your time, you've been awesome here. Uh, let's go, Pens, by the way. I see your Blues jersey in the back. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we did, we decided not to show up this year because it's pandemic and stuff. Same. Yeah, Pens did the same. <laughs> Pens did the same. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, we were there, but we're just kind of, you know, half assing it to get around there. Dave mm-hmm. Andrews. Dave Andrews, center for the Patriots, yeah. is out. That's obviously a massive thing for the team, the locker room, everything. Like, do you have any thoughts on will this kill potentially what Cam Newton's got cooking over there with Josh McDaniels? Does this put a, a stalt, a stall to this whole thing? You know what? It's funny because if anybody's used to dealing with chaos, it's Cam Newton. People were complaining about, True. you know, the wide receiver core. I'm like, he's probably pretty happy with the core he's got <laughs> up there. Uh, people are complaining about the O line. He's seen much worse in Carolina. I think it'd be a bigger deal if it was Tom. Um, Tom and David had a really good, long-standing rapport. And David's a great player. But you're already missing Marcus Cannon uh, because of the opt-out. You are missing a bunch of guys on defense, by the way. That's what I worry about more than anything in New England is the defense. I mean, Seattle was falling forward for four or five yards. And I know Hey, Ninkovich said the same thing yesterday. He was like, they need to stop the run. He said, I don't care about what Cam's doing. That's awesome. But they need to stop the run immediately. They do. They do, but I think last week was a big victory, and it's funny. I think they could lose this game. I mean, obviously, I'm sure, you know, this isn't bulletin board material. It's going to be a tight ball game. The Raiders are so skilled, man. Um, I just want to watch Bill watch Darren Waller and just, you know, with his jaw dropped on the sideline. <laughs> you could tell the way he was loving him up. He can't wait to see him. But if the Pats go one and two, I still think they're better off than we thought they'd be after three games. After what, what we saw in the second half last year. The eye test. Week, the eye test, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, they're a, a worse roster, but they're better off than we thought they'd be. I mean, um, they didn't get better, but Cam does things that they didn't have with Tom. And the second half of last game, it's like, I know in New England we say it's two different seasons. It doesn't, it doesn't start until after Halloween, the real season. That's what you build up to. But they don't have the luxury of waiting. They have to push the ball down the field. They have to develop those shots. And I think it'll be a great game uh, this Sunday. I'm really excited to see that one. Well, we appreciate you so much, Chris. I hope to have you back on. Uh, You were awesome. You were awesome, dude. Listen to the Green Light Pod with this man, ladies and gentlemen. Super Bowl champ, legend, Walter Payton Man of the Year, Chris Law. Hey, how's it going? It's time to take care of you, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. How's your hair? Is it great? Could it be better? How's your skin? Is it moisturized? Does it look fantastic? Could it be better? How's your sex life? Does it go fast? Or does it go nice and long? Do you put on a show in there? Well, there's one company that'll take care of everything you could possibly need in the men's health world. That's our friends at Roman. Roman is a men's health company that's looking to take care of the men in our world and make them the best men that they possibly could be. Now, you've heard about the Roman swipes. Yes, the discreet packages that show up at your house that you can put in your back pocket that whenever it's about time to go ahead and make love when it's time to knock boots when it's time to potentially blow back out or two you go ahead and take the roman swipes out rub them on your shelf on your magical areas they will dry they will not transfer over to your partner and you will put on a show like you've never put on a show before go to town longer than you've ever gone don't be scared that you're going to potentially quick draw mcgraw out there put on a show with our friends at Roman. Plus, great skin supply, good hair supply, everything you could possibly need to be the best you. Now, 2020 has taught us a lot about life. 
A lot of things can happen. A lot of things can change. A lot of things can be inconsistent. But with Roman, it is a consistent do-gooder for yourself. And right now, you go to GetRoman.com. You will save $15 off your first order plus free shipping when you use... There, there is no promo code. You I just get $15 off? Yeah, I typed in Pat, and it, it takes you to the same place as Get Roman. So just $15 off free two-day shipping. So they're just $15 off free two-day shipping for everybody if you go to GetRoman.com? Mm-hmm. All right, be a better you. Free two-day shipping plus $15 off for everybody. GetRoman.com. Make it happen. Let's get back to the show. It's our first guest, Ariel Hawaii. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, is that nice. Seinfeld's? Whoa. <laughs> What's going on? Yes. It uh, is, guys. How are you? Why? Why? How come every time I come on your show, uh, there's always an echo at the start? I mean, you have this like massive operation, oh, and it's always a little oh, wonky to start off. Why is it always a little bit turbulent as we take off? Well, I would assume that the echo is coming from the basement bedroom that you're in your mother's house calling from. <laughs> doing all this. How, how dare you? Do you know where I am right now? Do you have any idea where? Yeah. I know you're a Midwest guy. You have no culture. Yeah. Do you have, does your crew have any? Man, Seinfeld, we get it. Okay, the guys gonna slide in the door whoa whoa they're gonna do an entire thing <laughs> I, yeah i know that's I, good stuff that's I'm, good stuff i like what you're doing your backdrop is a green screen that's in a tiny little basement room you're in right now and it is yeah. seinfeld the set of seinfeld which by the way i think is made like two three billion dollars mm-hmm. in seinfeld now he just bounces around in cars drinking coffee with people i respect it hey i i respect the backdrop i respect you also wearing a suit because it's a big day big weekend coming up for the ufc nobody's really talking about it i haven't got a chance to think about it that's why we brought on the man who knows everything about the UFC area Hawani. Let's get into it, bub. Did you say nose because I have a big nose? No. Whoa. <laughs> also, did you put on glasses because I'm wearing glasses and you wanted to go tit for tat with me in the intelligence factor? Bingo, bango, boss. <laughs> okay. Also, what a lazy tee up question. Like, you did no research. You just said, let's talk about it. Like, you didn't even ask me a question about the event. That was amazing. I will say, before the show started, I. <laughs> I said, we very ill at 105. And a, guy, a couple of people in here, big UFC fans, are like, uh, let's let's break down what's going on this weekend. I was like, that, forget it. That's what we have Ariel coming on the show for. Let's just assume that a lot of people don't know, like me, I will be the village idiot that asked Ariel Hawani all the questions. For those of us that haven't been able to keep up with the incredible lineup of UFC fights that have been happening oh, this yeah. entire time during football season. Yep. There's been a lot of yep. great fights. in this weekend, Ariel, I've been told, big fights coming up and the guys do not like each other and they're going to swing fists at each other's there faces. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're talking. I, I'm sure you got that from the Instagram Live with Dana earlier today. So let me tell you about why this is such a <laughs> special card. This is just the second time in modern UFC history that two undefeated male fighters are fighting for an undisputed title. You have the undefeated Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, the face of the mm. promotion right now, just signed a deal with Puma after Neymar signed a big deal with them as well. He is very entertaining if you've never seen him fight. Uh, the guy is as flashy as can be he throws the kicks he's a kickbox he's actually one of the best strikers in the history of the sport like this guy is a world-class kickboxer Mm -hmm. and he's going up against a guy named Bohashinia Paulo Costa the eraser who looks like he's from like a Marvel comic book he looks like the Incredible Hulk he's chiseled he's massive he's the antithesis of of Israel he looks completely different he fights completely different but he is the kind of guy who's just sort of like a, a bull in a china shop he goes full force at his opponent they hate each other. They've had uh, multiple run-ins. In fact, when Israel won the belt last October, he gave Paolo the 
old DX chop. Oh, yes. oh suck no it! Way. Uh, hey. Yes, hey. it was incredible. There it was. Yes, exactly, just like that. Uh, so it was great theater, and they are yes, yeah, just like that. That's that's a very that's a Paul type of chop. You know, not I don't call him Hunter by the way. I call him Paul because I'm on the inside. That was like how Paul used to do it. Oh, you're you know talking about I mean? Mr. H. That's who you're talking yeah. about. The game, the cerebral assassin, oh. Triple H, Hunter Hearst. He's Helms. Paul to me. Paul He's Paul to me. Uh, Tara Ryzen. That's who you're talking yes. about. <laughs> that's, uh, that feels good. So let's talk about the uh, the guy who's built like a statue, taking on Stylebender, who just signed with Puma and is the face. Of, you're saying Puma guy is, is Stylebender is the face of UFC right now? I would say um, with Connor in and out, you could put him in the top three. And when he fights, it seems like he is one of those guys that transcends the MMA bubble, who gets people talking, who gets people excited. He's just a lot of fun. Uh, you may have seen last year when he fought for the belt for the first time, he came out and he did the whole breakdance thing with his oh, buddies. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a showman. He's just a lot of fun. He gets it. Yes, he did the flip and yeah, all that. Yeah. The guy is great. You know, he reminds me of a, of a young Josh Allen. He's got that kind of flair for the dramatic. Quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, he is young. Yes, he reminds me of, of him. I just wanted to get a Bills reference in there. I'm so excited about them being 2-0. It, it, it actually reminds me nothing of Josh Allen, but I just wanted to try to see if I could get him in there. All right, we'll do the football talk. You do the fighting talk. The, um, the, the fight this weekend, will, be, will they be banging? Will it be a knockout? Like, for those who are betting on it, potentially, you know, who love UFC more because you can bet on two gladiators going in there and trying to kill each other, is this a fight that's going to be like a tactical? Is it a submission operation? Are they swinging, throwing hard, because I think at the weigh-ins, there was already a moment where there was a tense given for, given you get That's it. right. Yeah. That and, and, and can I get some love for my connection? I feel like my connection it's, is holding up a lot yeah, better. It's much better today. Much better today. I mean, it's a little echoey, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll work on that. Uh, I I, uh, I took it very much to heart. Uh, I actually changed my whole operation just for you. So We made you I, better. Hey, hey, hey we right. made you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, there we go. I don't think this fight goes the distance. Okay, I, I the think batters. that this fight will, will end via stoppage. I think it ends via KO or TKO. I don't think it will be a submission. So at the face-off earlier today, uh, Paulo Costa, who is a BJJ black belt, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, showed up Ooh. with a white belt, which is sort of, you know, an insult for oh, a yeah. guy. Like, you're like, oh, you're a white belt. That means you're, like, way at the bottom of the totem pole. Oh, when it comes to yeah, I don't want the white belt. And he took the white belt and he threw it at Izzy. Izzy didn't like that. Even broke out the uh, the Danielson crane kick in honor of the great right. Mr. Miyagi. Uh, right, so it, it was entertaining theater. But yeah, I, I just don't think that uh, this fight goes the distance. And I'm really curious to see how Izzy shows up because he got a lot of heat after his last fight. He won his last fight against Joe Romero back in March. In fact, that was the last event that had people in attendance in, uh, in Las Vegas. And people thought the fight was very boring. People jumped off his bandwagon. People said that he was all hype, that he's not as exciting as we said he was, all this stuff. So I feel like he's going into this fight with a chip on his shoulder. And I'm reminded of a song by the great... Roy Jones Jr. back in, I believe, 2003, when he came out with that smash single, Y'all Must Have Forgot, mm -hmm. when he tried to remind everyone that he was still the man. I think Izzy's walking into this fight with that song playing in his head. Y'all must have forgot the last stylebender is still the man at 185. Roy Jones, I remember, can't be moved, can't be something, be hooked, we hot, when, when will you? We can't do that song. 
okay because the rest of that there says something that uh just not for the caucasian race to say but roy jones jr did make bangers whenever you say like people were saying people were saying this in our particular office some people in here not me no 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 but the way it off it works in this office people are saying is normally some terrible thoughts that some people have in this office that they say that they just want to pawn off on themselves is that what you just did to style no. better or was that actually what people no. were actually saying i actually hate that i hate when people interview athletes and they say people are saying no either you said it or it's just kind of a cop-out right like you don't want to actually say to the person that you feel this way no uh, i actually defended him and i and i put the blame on his opponent that night yo romero who i thought should have brought the fight to him it's, mm. it's not incumbent upon the champion to bring the fight to the guy who's trying to steal his belt it's up to you to come in there and capture that flag so to speak like we used to do back in the old days on our yes. you know on our on our school playground so i feel like he has you know, he has a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove because people, there were people, not me, there were people who said he was boring, he was afraid, he ran, he's all hype, blah, blah, blah. Yada, 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 as they said in the famous TV show. You see how I did that? You see how I brought it all yeah. together? Yeah. I you. brought it all together. You did yada, it? yada, yada. These sayings. I, the <laughs> I mentioned the bis. Remember that one? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Izzy is the man, and I think he'll remind people of that on Saturday. Okay, I appreciate that. Ariel, have you heard anything about the status of uh, John Jones moving up to heavyweight? Is there anything new there? Uh, he wants to move up. I, I think they're going to keep him on ice until they do the uh, the Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou fight. Now, worth noting, that fight is not a done deal. They haven't even started negotiations for that fight. So I'm really curious to see what happens because Stipe, they want Stipe versus Francis. And then I think they want John to fight the winner of that because you can't put John in a non-title heavyweight fight. And then imagine he gets knocked out, slips on a banana peel. You just ruined that mega fight. But... I don't think Stipe really wants the Francis fight. I think he'd prefer the John Jones fight because he already beat Francis. Francis is very dangerous. He's knocking people's heads off. So I'm really curious to see what happens with the no- with the negotiations. If, in fact, they end up booking Francis versus Stipe, then I suspect that we don't see John until maybe next summer. I, I will say that the Ariel Hawani bump is real. We have gained 27 concurrent viewers on YouTube since you have... Wow. Yeah! Let's go! Wow. UFC, baby. 27. I'd even tweet about it because you guys don't pay me to tweet about your show. Oh, okay. okay. No soup for you. Could you imagine? By the way, my my Twitter (laughs) following would just, like, kind of encompass yours. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like a... uh you know, it's just like your little baby in there. We're cradling around. Swaddling you. But you did bring 27 new viewers, so we appreciate that. Um, Booker T would beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're talking about a guy in, in, in 2020 who was relevant maybe what? Nine, I'd be kind 19 years ago. You're talking about a guy oh, who oh, gifted the title when they were sinking. It was like if this was the Titanic, there was... There was like that little piece that was just sticking up, and they had nothing else. They had no one else uh, on the roster. And they're like, you know what? Let's give Booker the belt. He was a good soldier for us, tag team champ, all that stuff. You're talking about a guy who rode the coattails of the legend Stevie Ray. Oh, the WWE my. Hall if if wow. I ever saw Booker T in my hood, at my Starbucks, <laughs> at my coffee shop, Booker, it's on site, Bubba. It is <laughs> on site. Me and you, you want nothing to do with this. Are you kidding me? One on one with me? The greatest ever in this media <laughs> game, the the king of all things multimedia, Booker T, Booker T, who hosts a radio show, local Houston radio show, with like let's be honest, twenty seven. I would say, in listeners, he gets on that show. Oh, oh my god. god.
YouTube oh, cut you out. out there in the middle of your terrible service that Booker T would never allow into his house. Just cut you out in the middle of that and good for it. He would bust you in half. Sucker! But the, um, we I work for the worldwide leader. I work for ESPN. <laughs> all right. Hailing from Bristol, Connecticut. Are you kidding me? This yeah. guy is yeah. doing a show out of his basement. Local Houston yeah. affiliate for 14 listeners. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. And I, I will not allow the Booker T slander to continue here. But before we let you go, because I do know you have an actual show you have to do. That's why you have a shirt and tie on, which I can respect. That's, um, that's right. Conor McGregor. There has been some news out of Dana White that something fun is coming with Conor McGregor or something like that. What does that mean? And can you ruin your relationship with Dana a little bit more by breaking some news before him? Come on. What's, what times your Instagram live with him later? No, no I was <laughs> never invited back. But I did no. have one. Me and Lil Wayne. Hey, who is Ooh. back? The Carter 5 Deluxe version is now available on iTunes after years and years of waiting. And boy, it was nice to hear old Wayne again. It was really nice to wordplay. But let's not skip that. Tell me if there's something going on with Connor and Dana right now. October 24th, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje are supposed to fight for the lightweight title. It would make sense to reignite talks with Conor McGregor at this point. Uh, They really want Conor to fight the winner of that fight. Mm. They don't want him to fight anyone else. So my... uh, my, my hunch is that they're just trying to, you know, repair the relationship so that he can be ready to fight the winner of that fight. And if it's Habib, it would be before Ramadan. Now, Habib keeps saying he wants to fight George St. Pierre. I don't know if they'll eventually make that fight. The fight that the UFC really, really wants to make is Habib versus Connor too. Of course, Justin Gaethje will have a thing or two to say about that. But hey, if Gaethje wins, Gaethje versus Connor is a massive fight as well. Okay, Dana White's a lot smarter than you are. So I'm excited he is cooking <laughs> things up, and I'm happy that you have. Is he here? Bring him in. Oh, there you are. I want to dance. You're going to get Booker T to beat the hell out of you, and then Dana White's going to tag in and come in off the top rope. I mean, I respect the way you operate, but I don't respect the things you say sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, big MMA insider for ESPN. He has to go do a television show right now. Hailing from Canada. By no, way of Bristol, Bristol Connecticut. I represent ESPN. <laughs> not that, not that bum Booker T who does a Houston affiliate show for 14 listeners. I represent the corporation. Heelwani, you're talking to him. Recognize Booker. Recognize sucker. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a corporate stooge and a sellout. Ariel Heelwani. Yeah. boy, soup. boy, Ariel. He's the best. <laughs> Okay, let's go through a couple of the games here and make our selection, shall we? Uh, The Texans travel to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everywhere else, the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus four at home against the Texans. The Pittsburgh Steelers' defensive line has caused more pressures than anybody else in the NFL right now. They've taken out a quarterback. They are a problem. They have a couple interceptions on that defensive line. Mm -hmm. I think there is a very solid chance we see Deshaun Watson running for his life. I think Deshaun Watson's very good. I like the way he plays the football. I like David Johnson, who's a good runner, and I think people have been able to pop a couple yards on the Steelers running the ball, uh, aside from Saquon Barkley. But the... (laughs) By the way, rest in peace, there's ACL. He yes, peace. Peace peace. Back. But first game, Ben had more rushing yards than him. So mm-hmm. that's really yeah. that was not what I was referring to. And everybody be like, oh, they got it. But you get what I'm it saying. I like the Steelers a lot at minus four. I like them even more at minus three and a half, which FanDuel is offering, no other place is offering. I like them at plus 120 instead of minus 120. They are my lock of the week. Diggs is a diehard Steelers fan. You have to also like this, even though you don't bet on the Steelers games, you have to like the Steelers if you're looking at this from a non-biased view. Correct. I mean, it's just great value if you're getting plus plus 120 at minus three and a half where you can't get that anywhere else uh and i'm thinking hoping 
that Steelers week three, they've been sloppy through the first two weeks and they haven't played great competition. So maybe this is the week they put it all together. I think so. And honestly, Ben Roethlisberger said he's going to be shaking like a leaf in that first game back. He mm-hmm. did early. He made a couple. Juju kind of got open there, kind of came into his own here in 2020. James Conner last week ran very well. In the mm-hmm. first week, ben, uh, Benny Snell mm-hmm. ran very well. So is this the is this the week that the offense decides, okay, we're going to all put it together? I think it feels like the right time, and that's why it's my Super Bowl. Yeah, and, oh. and the wide receivers are starting to come together. Deontay Johnson's dropped some balls, which he didn't do last year, so hopefully he cleans that up and stuff. So, I think yeah, I think we're in a good And time. the defense people are talking about as being the best defense yeah. in the league, and people that know defenses are like – that Steelers defense is the one. Remember, they traded for Minka last year for a second-round draft pick. That has completely changed the entire – or first-round draft mm-hmm, pick. It completely changed the course of that defense. That defense 1, became the defense last year, almost led them to a playoff berth with zero offensive anything. A steel curtain 3.0. <laughs> well said. Well, well said. said. <laughs> Double yoy. Well said by you. Well said. Well said. I appreciate was, that. What was the 2.0? Uh, Troy and Ike. Yeah, true. Hey, good for you, by well, the way. Well, well said. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. That was very I mean, impressive. The right other there. day in the offseason, he was wearing around a Pittsburgh hoodie and a Pittsburgh hat, and he had no idea that he actually was wearing those things. What did you think? You thought it was like Patriots stuff? No, no, the PGH, P? I thought it was like professional golf and then something, and just because PGA. <laughs> I look it was I, Rick from Manesson, parking lo- cars down the mall. <laughs> I love Pittsburgh, just like I love Buffalo. I love those cities. They're uh, great, great cities. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, let's get to the Patriots game. Uh, the Patriots are playing the Raiders. Everybody's talking about that. The New England Patriots are currently minus five and a half. And if you listen to anybody that is related to the Patriots defense, in particular the defensive line in recent memory, said that the Patriots cannot stop the damn run. Rob Ninkovich said that if he has to watch one more game where they can't stop the run, he's going to lose his mind. He actually said that he paces in the house while watching the defense play because they can't stop the run. He said he loves what Cam's doing. He actually, I think he kind of like, he almost just kind of, I love what Cam's doing. Cool. I love what the obvious. But they're not going to be able to do anything if they don't stop the run. Let's assume that if Ninkovich is noticing that, and also Chris Long noticed that same exact thing, Bill Belichick is probably noticing that as well. And they're going to need to this week because this Raiders team, they operate under the fashion that they will be able to run on you. And if you want to come stop the run, cool. We got a tight end who's faster than your team. We'll open it up to him. Derek Carr looked a lot better. This feels like a game that the Raiders will cover, but this feels like a game that the Patriots will ultimately end up winning in the end. Yeah, I mean, we knew the defense was going to be a problem with everyone opting out and all that. But, I mean, you got to give them a little time. We've been talking about all these teams need to figure it out. we got so many young guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think we have three rookies, two that are in their second year. So, I mean, there's still time to figure it out, but losing David Andrews, how big is it to lose your starting center who's making calls at the line Go what, on a Friday before a game? It's tough. He's on the field practicing today with a different cast, and and sometimes you're able to move the center to guard and have your backup center in there, so you still have a little continuity communication-wise, but I feel like in the offensive line, hands is a big deal. Like, I feel like having hands is a big deal because it's a lot of hand-to-hand combat. So I don't know how fresh that broken thumb is or how much marcane they'll be able to shoot into his thumb or whatever that feels like a rather big deal especially in an offense that is charging people a lot yeah. with cam newton running right up people's backs down the middle there for success i'll be interested to see that but just like chris long said cam newton has been around chaos his entire career yeah. basically in in comes this guy out goes this guy this happens this happened cam newton is the ultimate equalizer on the offensive side of the ball unless he's got to get one yard and a goal on against seattle seahawks that's tough man right oh, the pylon man right i bet so hard on New England Patriots money line. I thought that was a lock whenever he got there because all anybody was saying, including us, was if you need one yard, Cam Newton will be able to pick it up. I actually said Carolina Panthers needed him a week before because they needed <laughs> one yard on fourth down or whatever. But 
Uh, this feels like game. Patriots get win. Raiders get cover. Go ahead and hit a double on that. Thing. Ooh, Ooh, double whammy. Yeah, yeah, good. Because five and a half is a lot. A lot I, I think I think five and a half is a lot of points. And although it's in New England, which is a home field advantage, right? Because the guys don't have to travel. They don't have all the mass holes screaming at them, which is a different animal. And the weather shouldn't be that bad at this point. No, should be good. So I think this is a great game. I like John Gruden facing off against Belichick. Obviously, the last time Gruden traveled up there, a dynasty started. Ooh. Tuck rule game happened. Adam Vinatieri's legacy began just as much as Tom Brady and the Patriots did. I mean, that is a big omen. It's going to be a great game. They're going to battle. I like the way John Gruden puts a game plan together. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that because of his personality could uh, potentially camouflage that a little bit. But I do believe, ultimately, this is a Patriot win. Raiders cover. Okay. So, I think uh, I'm leaning there. That's not a massive yeah. bet. But I like I like the Raiders plus five and a half, and I like New England money. So, line. what you're saying is Sunday will be the birth of another dynasty in New England, <laughs> is what you're saying? No, dynasty has ended, right? It hasn't ended, has it? Well, I, everyone's been saying the what was the dynasty. There was a book, the dynasty, it's all over. So, I figured this was a new generation. A, a potential author was trying to maybe, you know, stick his hand into the cookie jar a little bit, too. Ask Bill Belichick if that dynasty's over yet. Ask Josh McDaniels, who's been a massive part of that, if it's over yet. How about that old ass up there, Ernie? Ask him if that dynasty's over yet. New pieces, same game in New England. Uh, uh, New day, no. New toilet, same shit, bub. And I I think they are assuming that the Patriots dynasty is still something that we're going. This is a franchise, not just one player. What do you got there? It seems like the Sharps may agree with you with the lean here on the Raiders because it's uh, only – so 40% of the bets are coming in on uh, the Raiders. But 65% of the money is coming in on the Raiders. So there's big money on the Raiders. So I'm starting to wonder, you know. Are they just listening? Did that just update just now? (laughs) (laughs) Thought so. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head over to Denver. Denver has new quarterback Jeff Driscoll with backup Blake Bortles. Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week get a big win. Obviously, they looked a lot better than they did in the first week, which everybody kind of expected. It's going to take some time to kind of come together. Bruce Arians said about Gronk, like, hey, our tight ends don't make 50 catches a game, and we haven't been in the red zone that much. Maybe that'll come. Gronk came out and said, I'm a blocking tight end. The game plan is a game plan that could change week to week. I think they will obviously get him involved a little bit more because it has been become a massive story and they don't want any potential drama to happen or they just completely block it out and say last week we won you know why we fed shady early then we got leonard Fournette going we got rojo going mike evans and tom brady are starting to buy in together i think that team is starting to come together i think the broncos are starting to go the opposite direction due to injuries which is a shame jeff driscoll looked a lot better than i thought he was going to look whenever he got in the game i like tampa bay minus five and a half here in denver but Tom Brady has had mixed reviews in Denver, right? I mean, there's oh, yeah. there's big wins. There's some big yeah. losses out mm-hmm. there. Will the altitude change the TB12 treatment? Oh, that oh. is something maybe we have to account for. I like Tampa Bay, minus 5.5, even though I love the Broncos organization. I like their fans. I just don't know. I think this is two teams on two different directions right now. In this game, the 20% of the bets are on the Broncos, but 97% of the money is on the Broncos, so there's something uh, potentially What's, going on there. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is Brock the wrong but, I mean, That makes me feel even better. No, no, it doesn't. Because no. 2097, that means all the big money people are... They're trying, they're trying to move the line. Yeah, they line. Might be. They're trying to they move the line. They're probably, probably trying to get it... To four, yeah. three and a half, Smart. something like that. Okay. Yeah, then we middle it. If you help me with that, maybe we wait off until Sunday to see what that Tampa Bay line is. Mm-hmm. But I like Tampa going over to Denver. Cowboy. Cowboys ride over to Seattle. <laughs> says Zito in the sidebar. 
I like Seattle minus five here. I'm not hammering it, but I like it. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys could have, you know, whenever you're shooting and you're kind of cold, 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 and then somebody makes one, it kind of takes the top off the lid there. Oh, yeah. It kind of takes the top off the bucket. Did that happen at the end of the game last week? Whenever they kicked an onside kick and won a game they weren't supposed to win, the Mike McCarthy era, they win a game that they're not supposed to win. Is that going to be the difference between this era and the last era of the Cowboys? Winning games you're supposed to win, or not supposed to win, as opposed to losing games you're supposed to win. That'll be very, very interesting to me. Seattle Seahawks are just so fucking good at football, yeah. and Russell Wilson's unbelievable. And the Cowboys are injured, I think, in yep. the back end, oh, which yeah. is where Russell up. Wilson dominates at. I'm surprised it's minus five. I don't know what it will move to. I like the Seahawks minus five. Yeah, Foxy wasn't playing free safety for him. I mean, it might be a good bet to take him plus oh. five. The Seahawks are going to blow him out. And speaking of Foxy, the Lions travel to the desert with a team with no wins, and they are taking on the Arizona Cardinals, who are one of the hottest teams mm-hmm. in football right now. Kyler Murray is one of the most comfortable quarterbacks at his position right now. Not stressing or sweating anything. Making people look silly a la what Lamar Jackson was doing all last year and is continuing to do this uh, season. We'll talk about Chiefs Ravens on Monday on the other side. Can't wait for that matchup. Oh. Uh, I think everybody and their mom here likes the Arizona Cardinals minus five and a half. I would assume the money is leaning that way yeah, and nine, the bets are leaning that way. Yeah, almost 80% of the bets and 90% of the money. So, so that is just a, an entire sweep of the smart people and the dumb people <laughs> yep. that gamble yep. saying they're all this one is side. pretty obvious. Last year, these two teams tied. These two teams have gone very different directions since yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, we're not surprised here, guys. The Lions are the Lions this year. If uh, Matt Patricia doesn't win this game and doesn't beat the Saints the week after, I do believe Seems during that bye hot. week, he Come will on. be gone. No! I love Matt Patricia. I love him. But I've seen tweets from Detroit people. They are not happy. Oh, All right. No. And the Packers are traveling down to an empty Superdome, which is a little bit different because New Orleans' home field advantage is a big, big deal. What's up, Dick? 725 people they're going to try to get in there this week. Okay, and they will be loud because <laughs> 725 Cajuns diner to buy you if they got that whistler it could be a real <laughs> problem that is a loud house i don't know 725 people it might sound like just a spattering of doctors on the sideline <laughs> uh the green bay packers plus three going down to new orleans minus three yep. after a week of everybody wondering if drew Brees was dead or not does drew Brees still be able to throw the football how will they respond michael thomas still out i do believe i don't know if there's been an official ruling but ian rapapa told us that he thinks he'll be out for another couple weeks at least two to four this will be the two of the two to four for him green bay packers plus three playing better football than they've ever played uh, i think you take green bay packers plus three and money line here down in new orleans and i think you feel very very good about it now the only issue is is the green bay Packers defense going to be able to stop Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and that offense because the Green Bay Packers have not been defense has not been let's say tip top if we're just judging games from the last three games that they've played NFC Championship first week second week they have not been like hey we are going to stop everything from happening but Aaron Rodgers and that offense has been able to make up forever and they've been able to stop enough to get a win I just feel like the Packers get this win this is upset of the week for me plus 138 Green Bay Packers get the money line victory yeah it's tough not liking both those but like you said I am kind of worried that everyone's been shitting on Breeze all week and saying that he sucks uh, and he's done. So, you know, like this would please. be the classic game where he would respond. But uh, Zadarius Smith did circle the Saints uh, week three. So I think <laughs> he is licking his chops to be able to take Breeze's head off. Really looking forward to that. I mean, their offense has been great. It'll be interesting because Lafleur did say today that Devontae Adams probably isn't going to play. Oh. So we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, Raji's, you know. He's in a great headspace. He's on fire. Yeah. Raji's Raji. He's playing great football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't love that all the tabloids 
took his quotes out of context and automatically assumed. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, that's what they do. With but him. that's what Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. His entire career, that is what happened. Everything exactly. he says gets taken however the hell they want it, and they just run with it. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe Aaron Rodgers decided to worry about Aaron Rodgers yeah. for the first time and kind of take care of everything. And the, the Packers hired a psychologist uh-huh. to yeah. come onto the team, and mm-hmm. maybe that's what. Maybe he's just happy to be in his headspace. All oh, the tabloids are like, yeah, no, that's not it. This is what he just said. It's like, hey, first of all, thanks for the push. You know, thanks for we appreciate yeah, the push and, and quoting the show and everything like that. But can we maybe just ask the guy what he meant instead no, of just yeah. automatically assuming something? Shame well, on. and that's the Rodgers effect, and that's why you know I for one appreciate you having him on and people seeing the real side of him because I mean it's just like the Breeze thing. You you know, if the, if the Packers start one and one and one or zero and two, and Rodgers looked like Breeze did, then everyone would have ripped him apart. But you know, because it's Breeze, it's oh, let's give Drew a break. You know, he's okay. He's the best ever. Like that shit would never happen to Rodgers. So you know, I, mean, I appreciate you having him on and letting people see, like, oh, this guy isn't just like a huge asshole like everyone thinks. Jesus. Wow. It's real. <laughs> it is real. No one's talking about, oh, let's give Drew a break, you know? Hey, Drew's okay. He's, he's still the best ever. Fuck Drew Brees. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is that hate in your heart on this Feel Good Friday as we wrap up Hour 3? Uh, I've been holding that in yeah, all week. I've wanted to ask Rodgers that because it is true. If the Packers would have started out like the Saints would, then people would be reacting much differently towards Rodgers than they have been towards Is Brees. this because he elbowed you? Well, yeah. And that's a huge part of it. For those that don't know, last Super Bowl, Drew Brees joined us. It was very nice. He brought a smoothie. Brought yeah, me nice. smoothie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't bring everybody else. No, he didn't. No. And um, Aaron Donald brought everyone pizza. On he his, did. On his on his way to say hello to Cuban Zeke because Cuban yeah. Zeke was a crowd pleaser down there, and he was on a different stage than us. He did take his elbow and he put it in the back of yeah. Ty's head to balance himself to shake his head yeah. hand, and then never said hello to Ty and no. just walked. No, out. yeah, gave me a Charlie horse in between my shoulder <laughs> blades, and you know, I was after I was you know laughing at all his canned jokes I don't even think Drew Brees knew that happened and Drew came on the show so I like Drew you did have a run in with him yeah I did he can't even feel that arm anymore (laughs) can't thank you enough uh, for choosing to listen to the show if you like the show please tell a friend if you did not like the show just act like this whole week never even happened just say yeah fuck it charge it to the game and keep it moving from all of us To all of you, to all of our guests, to everybody, we can't thank you enough. Have the best weekend of your entire life. This Feel Good Friday is complete, but I think you're going to take the baton and run with it for the rest of the day. I think you are going to potentially make this the greatest Friday in the history of Fridays, and there's been a lot of Fridays, and I know that sweet smell of freedom is just on the other side of this thing. I know that there's two days of both college football and NFL football on the horizon, but I think you are going to make the most of today, and that's what it's all about. Thank you so much for listening. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We will see you on Monday afternoon with an overreaction Monday and a preview for Chiefs Ravens. I can't wait for it. I'll see you then.